Thanksgiving is next Thursday. Are you ready? Are you hosting? Are you wondering how the heck to cook everything and have it ready and hot at the same time? Wondering how to cook a turkey without drying it out? What to do to prepare or what to make ahead or what you can buy this week or how much turkey you should actually make to have leftovers or if you can defrost a turkey in the microwave the day of? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then today's podcast is just for you. I'm getting ready to host my very first Thanksgiving dinner like a real grown-up and since my mom Cy Foster of A Bountiful Kitchen is away living in Spain serving a full-time mission. I knew I needed to call her up and have a candid convo asking all my questions about what I need to do to be prepared. So I figured why not have this conversation on the podcast and share all her many, many years of wisdom on how to put a Thanksgiving feast on and have it hot all at the same time with all of you. I also just wanted to tell you guys that we appreciate it so, so much when you take just a couple of seconds to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. And I wanted to read a quick review that we got from Kristen Porter. She entitled it, I Leave Feeling Uplifted. And she said, I love this podcast. My favorite episodes are the ones with Corinne and Neil. I appreciate their realness and sharing their personal and marital struggles. It makes me feel normal in a world that thrives off of imperfection. And, you know, we try so hard to bring good value to you guys, to have conversations that will be meaningful, that will uplift you. And if you hear something on this podcast that means a lot to you, it helps us so much if you'll share it on social media and tag me so I can reshare it. And if you'll just leave us a quick rating or a review, it really just takes a couple seconds and it means the world to us. So thanks for being here and thanks for supporting us. Today I have my mom on the podcast with me and I'm so excited. She is Zooming from Spain. Say hi, mom. Hello. (laughs) And she is, yes, she is, if you don't know my mom, she is the blogger behind A Bountiful Kitchen, which she started in, what year did you start, mom? Like 2008 or something? I think it was 2008. Yeah, it was when Brooke graduated from high school. So, yeah, so it's been a long time. She's she's been cooking too, and known for her incredible cooking skills for many many years, as long as I've been alive. And um, one of the top things that she gets asked about, and something that I needed to have a conversation with her about, is how to host Thanksgiving dinner. And I'm so excited and a little bit nervous that I'm hosting Thanksgiving for the first time this year. So I just said to her, since I'm going to call you up and have this conversation anyway, we should record it and share all of your wisdom and knowledge with all of these other people who listen to the podcast who might be facing the same thing for the first time this year. So, um, so I'm excited to dive in and just talk all about this and talk about um, what you've learned over the years about hosting Thanksgiving dinner. So this will be fun. One of my favorite topics, you know, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, My first question is, when can I start preparing? Like today is, we're recording this on Tuesday, November 3rd. So we've got a little more than three weeks to go. So when is, when can I start preparing? You can start preparing today. So... I tell people that one of the ways they can really eliminate a lot of stress um, for Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, because, you know, 
I mean, this is a, a celebration, a meal that there's so much anticipation, so much expectation from people. And, um, and one of the things you can do to really reduce the stress is to prepare ahead. So, um, mm. so I say that starting in the end of, um, the end of October, 1st of November, there are a lot of things that you can start to do. So just start to think about the things that you will need for the dinner if you're hosting like paper goods. Some people take out all of their nice, you know, all of their nice dishes and all of their nice, I mean, I do that. I take out, you know, dishes and special glasses that I use and, and silverware and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I try to wash those ahead of time because some of them are just sitting on shelves or in boxes or whatever. Right. So every day for like a year and they haven't been touched. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are just sitting up on a shelf and they're collecting dust. And so they're going to need to be washed, even though they're not, you know, they haven't been used. So just throw those in the dishwasher, like just start washing those a little at a time and then they'll be ready and you won't be the night before Thanksgiving washing all your dishes. If you're going to use paper goods, um, there are beautiful paper goods. And I know that there will be people that are, uh, you know, that have an issue with that. But personally, I just feel like you have to do what works for you. And, Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of beautiful options and paper goods online and in stores. And, um, if you're using paper goods, paper plates, paper, you know, uh, cups, whatever, go buy those things now because buy them, put them away. That's done. You can check it off of your list. Um, yeah, yeah. I try to also buy any extra containers. I try to make sure that I have takeaway containers for the people that come, um, whether oh, I go to okay. the deli section of the grocery store. Um, I found a few grocery stores like locally where we live at home that will sell me, um, you know, how that in the deli, they have the different size containers that they sell things in. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the kind of person that buys potato salad at the deli at the grocery store <laughs> and they sell those things. If you're yeah. that kind of person. <laughs> If you do that, it's fine. But those containers are so great for storing and for if you're making things ahead, but also for sending away with people. Um, Right. Like you always make really good leftovers for grandpa. Like you always send him home with a bunch of food that he can eat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And grandpa's not going to bring his own containers over. I mean, if you're really, you know, thinking ahead, then yeah, that's great. If you ask people to bring containers over, but I just try to have a good amount of those on in storage. I try to have Ziploc bags ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the things that you can buy ahead. Make sure that you have enough plastic wrap, enough foil, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Just have them ready to go. Extra garbage bags, you're going to need them. Um, if yeah. you have buy yourself some more dish towels. You know, that's like one of those things that you run out of, even if you have 50, you will use every one of them on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Those are really good suggestions. Buy them, wash them, put them away. What, you know, if they're towels, whatever, just that's checked off your list. You're ready to go. 
Okay. And maybe even like canned goods. Do stores run out of that stuff or are they going to put it on sale right before? So do you wait? Uh, Some of them put those things on sale, but usually, I mean, I, I try to buy those things when I see them, when they're on sale. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. I take an inventory of all the, uh, I write down my list of everything that I'm making and the ingredients and anything that is non-perishable, I buy ahead. So right now I would be buying those, all those things I just mentioned. Um, And then in like the following week, because usually a lot of the sales don't start to like the second week of November. So I go and buy all of those non-perishable items that you just mentioned. I, um, I take an inventory of all the dishes and serving pieces I'm going to use. And I make sure if I need to buy something or Mm -hmm. borrow something, I get it early. I don't wait until the week of Thanksgiving or the day before, you know, it's just less stress. So start to make the list of, okay, I, I don't have a turkey platter. And if you really have always wanted to buy a turkey platter, then get yourself a turkey platter, you know, and get it and just get it early, put it away and it's done or find someone to borrow one from so that you're not at the last minute you know, and think about, oh, if your neighbors told you, I'm going to California for Christmas, you know, or for Thanksgiving, I mean, then, you know, she'll be gone, you know, she has turkey platter, you know, or a big platter, (laughs) borrow it from her early. So, yeah, so that would be like a big oval platter is kind of what you're thinking, right? right? Something oval and large. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Same with pie plates, you know, anything like that. If you're going to make pies, um, you know, go buy your pie plates early if you don't have any, um, and put them away so that they're washed, they're ready to go and you've got them. Mm -hmm. So you're not chasing down things like that the week of Thanksgiving or the week before. Yeah. And I know that it can probably feel or seem overwhelming to have to buy all of this stuff, but even, even with all of the pretty pie plates that you have every year, we end up using those Pyrex really plain. Aren't those like $5? Yeah. The Pyrex ones that are just totally Mm -hmm. plain. And yeah, those are so Mm -hmm. great and they cook really evenly. And so it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be something like super expensive from William Sonoma or whatever. No. And one of the reasons why I love the clear, the Pyrex um, pie plates is I really like to see my crust on the bottom and make sure it's nice and golden on the bottom. And that's the easiest way to do that mm-hmm. is to wait. If you use a clear pie plate, you can see if your bottom crust is done or not. So I yeah. tell people that are beginner pie makers to use glass like a Pyrex. Okay. And another thing I feel like I run out of when I'm making a big meal are liquid um, measuring cups. I feel like I finally got smart like last year and bought more of those because when I'm making a big meal, it's like annoying if I use it and then it goes Mm -hmm. in the dishwasher and then I really need it for two or three other dishes. So that's maybe Mm -hmm. another thing that, yeah. um, I I think what else do you think? I think it's well worth it. What other like things, I don't know, a whisk or spatula or other things do you feel like you might not think of until the day of, if you're not used to making big, big meals? Um, I think if you have at least one really large bowl, it's so great to have a Uh really large bowl. And the reason why is I really like to have a large bowl. Um, and I'm talking about, um, 
you know, a bowl that you would see a caterer use because when you go to toss things together, it's not spilling over the sides. I just think that it's, Mm -hmm. I have like, I don't know how many large bowls, but, but I really like to have at least one large bowl um, because I think you can just use it, wash it out, use it again. And you will find that, um, that having a large bowl like that, that can fit like a few gallons worth, you know, of, of salad, or if you're making, um, if you're doubling a roll recipe or something like that, it's just way easier if you have a big container instead of trying to make something in a little, you know, just a regular size mixing bowl. Yeah. So the, the large bowl I think is, is such a great purchase. And you will, if you buy a quality bowl, a large bowl, you will use it forever. I think that, um, yeah, spatulas, silicone spatulas. I love silicone because they, they last forever and you can use them for so many things. Um, a silicone, silicone spatulas, uh, wire whisk for gravy. Um, if you mm-hmm. can, one thing I love for gravy is the immersion blender. Oh. I, I did not know <laughs> when I first received an immersion blender as a gift that I would use it as much as I do. It's great because if you make gravy and you get to the very end and there are little lumps in it, you just can just stick the immersion blender in. It's safe to stick it. You're, you won't have lumpy gravy. One thing that I tell people, matter of fact, I had a lady that, um, a woman that just texted me, DM'd me the other day and said that she's doing turkey for the first time. And I'm not sure why she was doing her Thanksgiving so early. But anyway, she was asking me about this and I told her, mm-hmm. okay. Um, she told me she was doing a turkey for the first time. And I said, if you can, I tell everybody, if you can do a test run. So um, that will help your Thanksgiving. If you truly have never hosted Thanksgiving or made any of these dishes before, it will make your Thanksgiving run so much more smoothly. If the weeks leading mm-hmm. up to Thanksgiving, you start making, you know, a lot of people have never made homemade stuffing before. And to me, mm-hmm. homemade stuffing is like, that's the best part of the dinner. <laughs> so yes. I, I so tell good. people, you know, think about making some of these dishes. If you really want to make a all homemade Thanksgiving, then just choose a few of these dishes and make them as you go throughout, you know, the weeks before. And you could take a pre-Thanksgiving meal to someone in your neighborhood. Um, so Such a the nice more you idea. practice doing these, yeah. And the more you practice doing these things, um, the more, you know, they will just be easier for you. Um, there's a reason why yeah. every year at Thanksgiving, I just don't get that stressed about making Thanksgiving dinner because I've made it so many times. So it's, you know, it's just something I'm used to doing and it's not all new. It's not like, and, and really I stick with traditional. A lot of people like to do like really out there recipes and that are super gourmet. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me, I've just found that Thanksgiving is just for us is all about tradition, right? 
And mm-hmm. our family tends to really love certain dishes. And so I make them over and over again. And, you know, usually every year I try like one new pie and maybe one new side dish or something. But we are stick to a pretty basic like traditional menu that I've done for, oh gosh. I mean, I've probably hosted Thanksgiving dinner for at least 30 years. I mean, we've been married for 38 years. So um, I know this I hosted making me it really a few hungry, years by before. the way. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Okay. So when, when was your first, do you remember the first year that you did Thanksgiving dinner? And is there anything like funny that you can tell us that happened to make anyone feel better who feels like, oh my gosh, this is my first time and, um, or anything that you learned in your early years that we can learn from your mistakes? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm trying to think. I, you know, it seems like I hosted a Thanksgiving dinner in the first few years. We were married. We used to have that huge pie night celebration every year before Thanksgiving, the night before. Mm -hmm. And I remember making some pies for the next day for Thanksgiving. And I had made, I don't know how many pumpkin pies and grandpa was getting ready to leave, you know, and I wanted to make sure he had some pie before he left. So I sliced up all this pumpkin pie. He loves pumpkin pie. I put it on the plate. I threw some whipped cream on top of it. And either you or Brooke, I think, took it out to him. And he Mm -hmm. ate it so fast. And I had sliced a piece for myself. And then I, I took a bite And uh, to my horror, I discovered that I had forgotten to put sugar in. And so, I mean, it looked the same as as pumpkin pie normally looks. But I realized, oh, my word, there is no sugar in this pumpkin pie. And I told either you or Brookie, oh, my word, go get the pumpkin pie back from grandpa because I didn't (laughs) put sugar in this. And one of you ran over there to get the pumpkin pie and he handed you the empty plate. <laughs> so he had eaten the whole thing. And oh my didn't gosh. Even, you know, he's so nice. He didn't say a word about it, but he wouldn't the, even say anything. Yeah, yeah. Probably the sweet whipped cream, you know, helped, but yeah, I mean, I haven't had any huge disasters with totally ruined turkeys or, you know, I mean, I've heard so many stories about things like that, but I've had plenty of other disasters in the kitchen. Um, I mean, we've had years, I remember early on when everything was ready, but the turkey. And that's when I went, that is really what kind of moved me towards cooking a turkey in a bag. Because Mm. I just... I had so many times where I'd make a turkey or cook a turkey and I'd think, wow, this is just kind of dry. And it's, you know, it, no matter how much I base this or what temperature I cook this, it never seems just right. And then I don't even remember where I learned about using the oven bag, but I think it probably was from my mom, but I started using an oven bag and I just have never gone back. Yeah. The, I, I remember too, when you were, when you discovered that and said, I'm never doing it any other way ever again, because it's mm-hmm. just so awesome. Because it's and so good. It just tastes perfect every time. Yeah. 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 And it never, um, 
I mean, it just traps all of the the juice inside and it's so easy to make gravy and it's, it cooks so fast in the bag. It's almost, to me, that's the only downside is that it does cook so quickly sometimes. Um, and I feel like you have to be really careful that you're, you know, that you don't plan on the cookie, the, the turkey cooking for so long that your other items aren't ready. Um, but mm. yeah, it's, you get a really great result when you use a bag. And, and I also have to say too, that the Traeger cookie, Traeger turkeys, I think also are just wonderful. So, yeah, yeah. The, those from Brookie and Cody, the last couple of years have just been insanely good. Mm-hmm. They've been amazing. So, so good. That'll be yeah. so fun. And they're so easy to, to use too. <laughs> So yes. she can trigger, trigger yes, turkey. Yes, so she can yeah. help me understand how to do that. So let's talk about timeline as far as, you know, when to start cooking. Because I know you make some things ahead of time and um, mm-hmm. and that's one way, right, to take off some of the stress of that day. What's your timeline as far as when you start actually preparing food and grocery shopping and all of those things? Okay. So, um, so you want to get your Turkey and you have to, you have to kind of think about, you know, space and like start looking at your freezer early too. Um, hopefully you have a freezer, Mm -hmm. start looking at your freezer, (laughs) making room in your freezer for the Turkey. And, um, you can get a Turkey that's, that's not frozen and just put it straight into your fridge. That works as well. But you want to make sure that whatever you have room for, I usually buy at least two or three turkeys because I want to have turkey, you know, more than just for Thanksgiving. I want it. And the best price on turkeys is going to be in November. I found traditionally that's when you're going to get the best deal on a turkey is in November. Um, You want to make sure. And where do I buy that? At Costco? At a grocery store? Um, Yeah, it just depends on where you like to shop. If you want an organic turkey, go to a a grocer or a a meat, um, a specialty meat market where they sell fresh organic turkeys. Um, if you mm-hmm. are buying a frozen turkey, if you're buying uh, like a Costco turkey, they usually show up the second week of November. It's hard to find them. I've tried to do cooking classes before early in the month, and sometimes it's really hard to find turkey before the second week of November. Um, so I think this podcast is going to go live on the 16th. So by that time, we'll have... okay. Turkey will sure. be out, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's like almost um, just shy of two weeks mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. Yep. So turkeys, you turkeys will be everywhere by then. Um, okay. I know that if you are into buying an organic turkey, a lot of times you'll have to order those. So you want to call wherever mm-hmm. you're buying your meat and order that ahead of time. Um, if you, but, if, but is, if we're just talking honestly, what is the what is the benefit or any downside to having an organic turkey? Like, is it going to be as juicy? Okay, so I've found that the difference between organic and 
poultry and poultry that is not organic. A lot of the poultry that is not organic is injected with saline solution or other solutions. And, you know, they have, I mean, of course, I mean, we could go into a whole discussion about, you know, how turkeys are raised and what they're fed and what, you know, I mean, that's a whole different discussion. But if that's a big deal to you, which I know it is to a lot of people, then you want to read mm-hmm. read the ingredients in the turkey. See, so you can know what you're buying. Um, and yes, I would say that if you're buying a turkey that is organic and has no, no type of um, seasoning, no type of uh, any type of additives. It like, yeah, additives or like saline or anything like that, um, then your turkey, you're going to have to be really careful about how you cook that turkey because they will get dried out easier than a turkey that's mm-hmm. been treated specifically to hold its juice and, and, and to be juicier. So um, Costco sells... I think Norbest turkeys, they sell a brand, maybe it's Butterball, I want to say, maybe it's Butterball, they do sell a fresh turkey. Um, There are a lot of grocery stores that sell um, their own brand. And you just want to check the ingredients. Just, you know, look, and because if you have specific things that you're looking for, as far as what is and isn't in your turkey, then you want to make sure and just, just read the label. Just read the labels. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, it just all depends on where you're shopping, what you're going to find as far as some some grocery stores don't sell fresh turkeys. Most of them do have a smaller amount of fresh and then a really large amount of frozen turkeys. I will say, um, since we're talking about turkeys and turkey sizes too, I think that sometimes people make the mistake of looking for the biggest turkey they can find, thinking, okay, well, I have a Mm -hmm. lot of people to feed. I'm going to get this huge turkey. Sometimes it's easier, and I've done this the last several years. I've cooked two smaller turkeys, and here's why. Now what I do is I cook one turkey a few days ahead. So I cook the turkey. Mm -hmm. I could do the same way. I cook it in a bag. And then Brooke and Cody usually always do the Traeger turkey too. So what I do is I cook a turkey a few days ahead. I take it out. I've already got all the juice from that turkey that's ready to go for my gravy. And then I Mm -hmm. totally pick that turkey apart. I put it in in a container. I lay all the turkey out. And then it's ready to go either for leftovers or I can take that turkey and put about a half of a cup of juice in there and I can stick it in the oven or in a slow cooker and heat that up so that meat is hot and ready to go on Thanksgiving. That's already trimmed, it's cut, it's ready to go. It's You're done with a large portion of your meat. So I really like okay. that method instead of choosing one gigantic turkey. <laughs> That's a really good tip. I never would have thought of that. 
one year when I was telling you, oh, I'm so sad because I go home and we don't have Thanksgiving leftovers, but I want to have leftovers, but I don't want to make this humongous meal. Um, you told me to go to Costco and just get the turkey breast. And I've done that before and made like a mini Thanksgiving dinner after Thanksgiving with my family, just um, cooking the turkey breast from Costco and making the other sides and having that like for Sunday dinner a week later, if you're traveling to be with family for Thanksgiving and then you come home and you're traveling too far to bring leftovers home. That's what you told me to do. And that's been great. I tell people go buy a few turkey legs or turkey thighs and cook those, you know, cook those in your oven before Thanksgiving. And you can put those in your fridge or your freezer and take them out and heat them up a little bit. Same thing. It's like, it's so much less effort than it's just one more thing that's you know, off your plate, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you've already got that cooked and it's ready to go for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. So you were going to tell me a second ago about the frozen turkey and I think the whole, you know, how to do that. Cause you can't take the frozen turkey out like the morning of. Right. Yeah. You just want to make sure that you allow enough time. That's like one of the the questions that's asked most often on the butterball hotline is, you know, and there are so many little jokes about this means about this now about how long can I put a, you know, how long do I need to put a 24 pound frozen Turkey in my microwave, you know, to thaw it out. It's like, yeah, that's just not happening. Um, but you want to make sure that if you have a large Turkey, like a 20 over a 20 pound Turkey, you start thawing that in your fridge at least on the Saturday or Sunday before Thanksgiving. So you want to put, leave it in the, you know, yeah, because it takes several days and that thing is, you know, they're going to be frozen solid. Um, Think about how dense that is to get that to the Mm. point where it's thawed out. Um, And I've done that with turkeys before and taken them out on Thursday morning to cook them and still had ice inside. So it takes days to thaw that in the fridge. And that's the only, it really is the safe situation where you feel like your turkey is still frozen and it's Thursday. Um, You can uh, thaw a turkey in cold water in your sink. Um, You have to be really, really careful when you're doing that. You don't ever just want to, you know, it just, or for hours, or you'll end up, you could, you could get food poisoning and so easily from doing that. So, yeah. in the fridge several days before like Saturday or Sunday you said before Thanksgiving what else can I be making ahead of time right and that too applies to if you've got a big turkey I think if you've got a a smaller turkey and you're talking about you know like a 16 to 18 pound turkey um, Mm -hmm. if you're taking it out and putting it in your fridge on Monday you're probably going to be fine So a lot of the parts of the dinner you can do ahead of time. Um, 
you can, if you cook a turkey ahead, like I said, if you if you're cooking two smaller turkeys and you cook a turkey ahead and you have all, all of the drippings from the turkey, you can make your gravy ahead. Um, just follow directions to make a gravy, let it cool, put that in your fridge. On the day of Thanksgiving, all you have to do is take it out, dump it into a pan, heat it up. If it's a little bit um, thick, you can add a little bit of chicken stock to it and um, okay. just heat it until it's nice and hot and your gravy's ready to go. You're not even messing with making your gravy on Thanksgiving day. Um, so smart. Yeah, that's super easy. Cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce, you should never, ever, ever buy cranberry sauce in a can. Um, cranberry <laughs> sauce is the easiest thing to make. And it's really, it's like jam. It's just fruit and sugar and water mixed together. You can make this a few mm -hmm. weeks ahead. I mean, you can make it three weeks ahead and just stick it in the back of your fridge. It's done. Yeah, that was the first thing you ever taught me to make for Thanksgiving dinner mm -hmm. was cranberry sauce. Yeah. I remember. yeah. And just, you know, take it out so that it's like room temperature. You don't, I like to serve it. So it's not cold, um, with dinner mm -hmm. and it, I mean, you could heat it up in your microwave if you wanted, but, um, that's one thing that you can, you know, early in the day when you're setting the table, you can set out the little dishes of cranberry sauce and um yeah. that can sit out there and it's fine it's just like jam like I said it's a preserve um you can make uh sweet potatoes you can do a lot of sweet potato dishes ahead of time um I do I kind of go back and forth like your you instant know? pot mm -hmm. one would that one be one you could do and you just wouldn't put the topping on till the very right, end, right, right before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. you can totally make that a day or two days or three days ahead. Um, stuffing, okay. you can really make stuffing ahead of time. Um, I used to just chop up all the things that go in stuffing, like celery and onions, and you know all of those things that go into the stuffing. And, um, and then I realized, gosh, I can, you really can make this ahead of time, a couple of days ahead. And I mean, everything's already cooked inside of like the stuffing recipe that I make. Everything is cooked because you're even cooking the onions and the celery. You're sauteing those in a pan. You've already cooked the sausage. You're, you're mixing everything together and then you're just sticking it in the oven to bake on the day of Thanksgiving. Okay. So okay. that's really um, simple. What to about do mashed potatoes? Of. Yeah. So mashed potatoes, I think that one of the best ways to do mashed potatoes is um, either in the instant pot or in, if you don't have an instant pot, in a slow cooker. And really, I like to do those um, on the day of it's so, so simple. Um, yeah. To do, you don't even have to worry about doing them ahead of time. But you're just talking about, you know, both of these recipes that I have that I use a lot. You don't even have to peel the potatoes unless you want to. But it's just a matter of either peeling or scrubbing the potatoes, chopping them up and throwing them in the Instant Pot or the slow cooker. And they can sit there on the warm setting for a long time and, and just be ready to go. 
And then if you, you know, so warm setting on the Instant Pot or or the slow cooker, right? Right, right. And some families like to, you know, put them into a serving dish just before dinner, which is fine. And some like to just leave them right in the Instant Pot or the slow cooker. So whatever works for your family. But yeah, that's something that you can do early in the day. Um, and it's done and is so, so easy. What if there's someone listening to this who's like, there's just no way I can't handle making all of that food. Mm -hmm. Um, Like with makeup, I try to tell people, okay, you want to invest in if if you're going to buy like two or three things nicer, these are the products you should probably buy. And then these are the ones that you could get drugstore and it's never going to matter. Do you have things that um, you're like, okay, make for sure, make these items at home. But if you want to buy a couple of things, these are the things that you should buy. Yeah. So I tell people to, um, if you feel overwhelmed by this and this is your first time and let's say, Mm -hmm. let's say you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of other cooks that are are offering to help you and bring things over, but you want it to be, you know, you, you want to provide a nice dinner. And, um, I, I tell people all the time when they're cooking, when they're just learning how to cook and they say, I just don't know how to make anything. I, you know, but I want to do something really well. Then I tell them, just pick one thing. You know, if you, Mm -hmm. if you are just getting started with something like make the best guac, you know, make the best. I mean, there are so many things that you can do and do well and, and just kind of, you know, it's just baby steps, right? You don't, you don't learn how to make Thanksgiving dinner. You know, most people, um, you know, on Wednesday and then, and then put out this huge spread on Thursday. So just choose like three essential things. That's what I suggest and make those items like, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, sweet potatoes, you know, just pick three things that you feel comfortable with and then buy the other things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like there are places that sell cooked turkeys. Um, there are grocery stores that sell cooked turkeys that you just go down and you, they sell a whole Thanksgiving dinner. You can go down and pick up, but Mm -hmm. I would say pick what you feel comfortable with. And if you practice and you make sweet potatoes and you think, okay, I've got this, I can do the sweet potatoes. I mean, stuffing is not difficult to make. And everybody that I've taught how to make stuffing, when they make it for their families, I haven't had one person come back to me in all of these years and say, well, that was such a flop. Everybody has come back and said, I cannot believe that we were making stovetop for all these years. Like homemade stuffing. Is, yeah, the stuffing really yeah, is so easy. It is. Yeah. And it and I think like the stuffing is one of those, yeah, you want to invest in this. Make your own stuffing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um it's so good. So yeah, so pick a few things. Rolls are another thing when we're having that discussion about things you can do early. Okay, rolls are mm-hmm. something you can practice that. Like start practicing that. Yeah. And and you know, what are you out if it doesn't work out? You're out a little bit of flour and yeast. Some flour. Yeah. Yeah. So so 
What's your easiest roll recipe, do you think, on your blog? Oh, gosh. Okay, so on my Thanksgiving guide, I gear it towards people that are just learning for the first time how to do Thanksgiving dinner. So I put one of the recipes that I think is super easy, and I think it's um, it's the Maddox roll copycat recipe. Okay. At which I think you basically scoop and then plop it into a muffin tin. But I think there are so many roll recipes. The overnight roll recipe on a bountiful kitchen, I think is fantastic. So good. Yeah, you can make Mm -hmm. it the night before. You can make it the day of, but you can make it the night before. I think the line house roll recipe, that is one of my favorites. Um, The thing that's so great about rolls that a lot of people don't understand is you make the rolls, right? You put them together, mm-hmm. you let it rise the first time. Then there's two, basically you're letting rolls, most roll recipes rise two times. So you mix the dough mm-hmm. together, you let it raise, then you punch it down, you, you know, and then you roll the rolls out and you shape them. So you're cutting out the shapes or forming them however you would to make the shape of the roll. You put it on the cookie Mm -hmm. sheet. And at that point, what you usually do is let it rise and then you bake it. But if you want to make them ahead, all you do is you let it rise the first time in the bowl, you roll it out, you you form the shapes, whatever you're doing, you know, a crescent Mm -hmm. roll, a Parker house roll, whatever you're doing, you immediately, you put it on the cookie sheet and it goes into the freezer. So you stop the rising process for the second time. And you wrap it, once it's frozen, you wrap it up really tightly. You can take them off the cookie sheet and throw them in a Ziploc bag. Or you can just leave them on the cookie sheet and, you know, squish them all together and stick them on a cookie sheet and put them in your freezer and wrap it up really good. You can take it out. You want to take it out about four hours, usually three to four hours before you're going to serve your Thanksgiving dinner. So you have time. So it thaws, it raises and then you bake it. So that's what okay. I suggest to people. Um, that's one thing that kind of makes a mess and you can have it done ahead of time. Yeah, it does. It takes up a huge amount of counter space, especially if you're doing a double batch. Mm-hmm. So that is so smart. And I love, I think, gosh, I think I've made probably the overnight rolls, the lion house and the big fluffy dinner rolls. Those are probably the three that I've made the most from your blog, but the overnight Mm. ones are really so nice because you just get them done ahead of time. Yeah. But I like the the big fluffy dinner rolls. If I don't Mm -hmm. happen to have like, I know the lion house, you have to have the powdered milk. And sometimes I, that's like a weird ingredient that sometimes I don't have, but the, Mm -hmm. the big fluffy dinner rolls are great because you don't, all you need is yeast and then like milk Mm -hmm. and water. You don't need anything that's kind of special or, or mm-hmm. out there, you know, like I always have right. those ingredients on hand. Right. And with the line house rolls, one of the reasons why I do love that recipe is a lot of people have powdered milk, dried milk in their food storage. So it's a really great, oh. you know, way to use up a little bit of that dried milk. So smart. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I w- never would have thought of that. Um, okay, let's talk about pie for a minute. So what are a couple of easy pies to make if it's someone's first time making a pie? Um, you know, where should they start? Oh, you just know this is my favorite subject. 
um, <laughs> pie, I think if you want to make two of the easiest pies you can make, if you're taking a pie somewhere, if you're making pie at home, I think the two easiest pies to make are pecan and um, the uh, Toll House pie. The other one that's super, so super easy too, I think is as far as baked pies go, the other one that's super, super easy is, um, I have a recipe for a fudge brownie pie. That's amazing. And yeah. it's, it's basically brownie dough poured into a pie crust and baked, just kind of underbaked. So, so delicious. yeah, it's so good. And <laughs> pecan pie is so simple. You're basically, you know, mixing together uh, sugar and corn syrup and eggs and pecans. And um, it's so easy. You mix those things together, you pour it into a pie crust. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I just can't have Thanksgiving without uh, now I'm saying this but you know what I can't find in Spain is corn syrup so I'm gonna oh I thought you're gonna say pecans but no. corn syrup weird mm -hmm. yeah we don't see I saw it somewhere when we first moved here and I can't remember where and I haven't been able to locate it again but I'm sure there's a different way to oh, make no. pecan pie but pecan pie the brownie pie and the toll house pie are original Toll House pie are the three easiest pies to make for beginners. Okay. That's really good to know. Cause some of the other, like I, I feel like the apple pie and the apple cranberry are a little more, it took me a couple of times to figure it out. Now I can make it pretty easily, but the first time or two, I was like, this is pie soup. Oh, so yeah. What, so what do you think I was doing wrong when I had pie soup? Okay. So if you have a pie, a fresh fruit pie, and it's super juicy like that, um, mm -hmm. you probably didn't have enough thickening, which usually is either flour mixed in with the fruit, sometimes tapioca, like in the blueberry pie, fresh blueberry pie I make, which you can make with fresh or frozen okay. blueberries. I use tapioca in my blueberry pie, but in my apple pies, I always use flour and just toss the apples with flour. In the apple cranberry pie, it takes even more flour and it seems like it's too much, but it's not because that thickens the filling as it cools. But I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they make fruit pies is they want to cut into them too soon. So if you mm -hmm. make a like right out of the mm -hmm, oven and that's the worst thing you can do. So you want to give yourself, if you're making an apple pie, I tell people when I teach um, pie making classes at Gigi's in Salt Lake, one of the things that we talk about a lot is because we'll make a pie and then people will take it home and bake it. And I'll tell them now, I know you're going to be really tempted to cut into this pie the minute it comes out of the oven but you're really best if you can let this sit for two at least two better if it sits for three hours before you cut into it because mm -hmm. that really gives it all okay. the fruit time to completely cool down and then the filling to firm up so that's something you can make the day before right absolutely yep the day before okay. no problem okay yeah that's good to know 
Um, what about having, you mentioned just a minute ago, like if you're having people over who um, can cook or maybe they can't or, or don't want to or whatever, how do you, how do you politely ask for help or, you know, if people offer to help and you're like, no, I'm supposed to be hosting this. Like, do you, what's your advice? there. Okay. I tell people this, no matter if they're hosting Thanksgiving, if they're having people over to their home for a big, um, you know, a gathering like, uh, going away for someone or a shower or whatever. I tell people if you're having a large group of people together and it over, um, and you are, you know, you're doing something like Thanksgiving where, I mean, let's face it, at Thanksgiving, if we invited people over and we had a turkey and gravy and a pie and stuffing, people would be like, where's the rest of the meal, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're you're expecting this big spread. And so I tell people, if people offer, and I used to be a complete control freak about Thanksgiving. I used to, you know, oh, it just has to be this certain way. And it can only be, you know, like, I want to make this, I, you know, and then I just realized, okay, it's just not worth all the stress. And if people want to come and bring things, that's awesome. So think about when, whenever somebody offers to bring something, I usually ask them, what do you like to make? And if I know that someone likes to make something and they are really good at making something, then I let them make what they're really good at making because it's always better if, you know, you don't want to take, if someone asks me, oh, well, can you bring over some French, you know, a French souffle? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm a good cook, but I don't know how to make a good souffle you know if someone asked me yeah. you know what, what do you like to make what would you like to make I will think of the things that I love to make oh I'd love to bring a pie over or I'd love to bring stuffing because I know that when I make stuffing people usually really love it you know or I know that I feel really confident right. about making rolls so yeah so let people suggest to you what they like to make first and and see if that fits into your plan it usually I mean you can usually make it work that's such a good suggestion um and I think too I like I've felt that way before if I've invited people over like I invited them so I should be providing the whole meal but it's a good suggestion to just let people help if they offer right so um okay one of the biggest questions that I know you get and that people are asking over and over on Instagram, we'll get to some of these other questions too in just a second, but people are asking over and over, how do you make sure all the food's hot at the same time? Like, what's your secret with that? <laughs> that is a question that people ask a lot. Um, okay, so what you want to think about is, um, so a really easy illustration is, when you're making bacon and eggs for breakfast, right? You're making bacon and eggs mm -hmm. and toast. You don't stick the bread in and push the toaster down first thing, right? The, the lever on the no. toaster down because the toast takes the least amount of time. So think about what takes the longest. If you're making bacon and eggs and toast, the bacon takes the longest. So you want to cook right. the bacon first and you know, it doesn't matter if the bacon's piping hot. 
right? You do want mm-hmm. the eggs to be warm. They can always and you want taste good. To, <laughs> yeah. So you want to think about, think these things through. And that's why too, making things ahead is so helpful. You want to think about how much oven space you have, how much stovetop space you have. Uh, I know a lot of people, I've never used one, but I know a lot of people have like those turkey roasters that they put their turkey in. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people now have an instant pot. A lot of people have slow cookers. So think about all these different things that you're going to use to heat things up, to cook things and how long those things will take. Your turkey will take longer than almost anything else. Um, So think about that. You know, how long is your turkey going to take? So you kind of work backwards. You work backwards. Yeah. And you start thinking about the turkey takes this long. The the rolls will need to be in the oven for 20 minutes. The stuffing will need to be in the oven for 30 minutes. Can the stuffing be in at the same? I usually cook the stuffing and the sweet potatoes at the same time because it's okay if they're in the oven together. You know, the rolls kind of need, you need space on the top. You want your rolls to be brown on the top and the bottom. So I'm a little bit more careful about, I cook the rolls by themselves, you know, Um, so think about how much space you have in these different, you know, areas. I do have a timeline written out so that you can get dinner on the table so that it's all, um, on the table in a timely, you know, so that you don't have something that's sitting there that's completely cold by the time you get, you know, by the time you get the rest of your dinner out. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it is about how much space you have. Um, One thing that people I know have an issue with too is how do I keep, if I have so much food, how do I keep all of these things hot and all of these things cold that I need to, you know, Mm -hmm. if I have a tiny fridge, like I'm going to have that problem here, um, depending on what we do for Thanksgiving this year, because I have one tiny oven and I have one tiny Mm -hmm. fridge. So what I tell people is you can create your own warming drawers, your own warming spaces by getting boxes or using old coolers Mm -hmm. and lining them. If you're using a cooler and you're putting something in that you want to stay hot, first of all, make sure that the pan you're going to set in it will fit in it. But if you use a box, um, like get a, you know, heavy cardboard box, like the kind you get from Costco and Mm -hmm. um, take boxes like that or old boxes that you've saved that are heavier and you can put a towel in them and then put your hot dish in there, cover it up with another towel and you can create your own little warming drawer by doing that. And I've done that many, many times. You can keep food hot for hours doing that. Um, the same, yeah, that's yeah crazy. the same with keeping food cold, you know, inside of coolers and, um, using, uh, of course, you know, people, most people know how to use a cooler as far as keeping things cold, but coolers can all, also be used to keep things hot as well. Yeah. I never would have thought of that until you told me that whenever you told me that, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but that that was one of the tricks that you would use like with catering, right? Mm-hmm. To Or just cooking for big crowds. Yeah. 
whereas mm-hmm. um, and transporting the food was using coolers. Mm-hmm. It also works really well to use cardboard boxes like that to keep things cool. Um, like here, we we have to defrost our little fridge and freezer, or we get uh, inches mm-hmm. and inches of ice in it, and so we don't. Mm-hmm. We only have one tiny little cooler. And so what we do is I get a few boxes from a store and then I put a towel down and then I lay everything from the fridge inside of there. And then I cover it up with another towel and I put a box on top of it and it will stay cold for about, well, I've never had to do it for more than four hours, but things in there will stay completely cold for like four hours. And so if you have to empty your fridge out to make more space in your fridge, you can do that. You can put things in boxes like that. And, you know, depending on where you live, it's, it might be colder outside than it is in your fridge anyway. So. Yeah. Just don't put your dog out there with you. (laughs) Right. Yes. I've had that happen before. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, how do you, how do you involve kids? If you have little kids that want to be part of Thanksgiving, like what's a good thing to give them like a little job or something that will make them feel like they were part of it? Oh gosh, they can do so many things. Um, you know, they can help set the table. They can make little, um, place settings for the table. They can draw, they can make little place setting cards for the table. Um, you can, have them help in the kitchen with things like peeling potatoes, peeling vegetables. Um, You want to be really careful with kids in the stove and the oven, of course. And there's a lot of moving around of hot items in the kitchen. So you want to be really, really careful about that. But things like when you're making pie, um, you can have them pour ingredients in when you're mixing things up. You can have them help rolling out. Um, One thing with pies on the top of pies that's kind of fun is if you roll out the crust the dough and um, you can give them cookie cutters and they can cut out shapes to put on top of the pies so that's one really easy kind of fun thing that they can do yeah that's really easy and fun and things like the the toll house pie it's like making cookie dough so the kids could definitely make a toll house pie with you that would be really easy. Um, they can do things okay. like mash up the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the the you know the regular mashed potatoes. Um, those are really really easy things for kids to do as well. Okay. Um, someone asked on here. I'm going to start asking you just a few of these quick questions. So, someone says, "How much? How do you determine how much turkey per person?" Do you talk about that in your post? I do talk about that in my post. And, you know, I think a lot okay. of that has to do too with how many side dishes you're having, how many people are contributing mm-hmm. to the meal. Um, I find that a lot of times we don't eat a lot of turkey, consume a lot of turkey at the meal. We consume, we use it more for after the meal, like for turkey sandwiches and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so true. Um, someone says having it at my in-laws, how do I help incorporate my traditions without stepping on toes? <laughs> like, that's a good question. Oh, that is a good question. Well, I think you, whenever someone else is hosting, I think it's really difficult to say, um, 
it, it really is is the place of the person hosting to to try and say, um, you know, to you, could we do something to to make you more a part of this tradition? And would you like to bring something that your family normally does? Or so hopefully the host will be if and I'm guessing that this person probably goes to their mother-in-law's house every year. And maybe they would like to not be in that situation. So, mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I mean, I think that if that's the case and if every year it's being hosted at your in-laws and maybe you would like it to like to, you know, maybe own the tradition a little bit more, maybe have a conversation a few weeks ahead and say, you know, we love coming over every year. Um, I really miss my mother's stuffing. Would it be okay if I brought that? Or would it be okay if I made a pie that, you know, that my family enjoyed every year at Thanksgiving? And if you get pushed back on that and someone feels like, nope, it's their way and that's how they're going to do it, then, then one thing you can do is have your own Thanksgiving, you know? I mean, maybe not mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving, but maybe the week before host your, you know, start doing your own Thanksgiving where you can incorporate your own traditions and, and start your own traditions. Yeah. That's such good advice. Um, okay. Uh, I meant to ask you this too, and you kind of address this, but more, um, with like how to keep things warm, but what's your, what is your best advice for someone doing all the things with only one oven? Well, um, I would make sure that you're, I, I did it for years with one oven and, um, it, it can be done. I've seen people do it in tiny little kitchens, um, and with one oven. Um, so you, I think it's really, we have so many different tools that we can use now. If you have the use of mm -hmm. a slow cooker, if you have the use of an instant pot, um, a toaster oven, I mean, things like that, you just have to get a little bit creative. Even a Traeger. Yeah. A Traeger, yeah. a Traeger is essentially a convection oven. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, we all, you and Brookie and I all have a Traeger and we love that. I mean, I have, I have a few triggers and I think they're <laughs> awesome. And I mean, you know, you sell your, your husband on the trigger, but it's really a convection oven. It's uh, such an amazing yeah. cooking tool, but yeah, having a trigger, I've cooked pies in the trigger. Um, I have probably by the time this comes out, my apple pie, my trigger apple pie recipe will be up by then. But yeah, I've done mm. pies on the Traeger. You just, and they don't turn out smoky. You just don't turn on the no. smoke setting. Um, but they're amazing. Some of the best chocolate chip cookies I make are made on the Traeger. Yeah. So, so yeah, so use, use other tools, get creative. If you have a neighbor, if you're living like in an apartment building and you just have one oven, invite your neighbor over for Thanksgiving dinner and use their oven too. You know, I mean, when we did that dinner here in Spain um, two years ago, we did it with one tiny little oven at the church and we took, we had a turkey, we had one 
did we have one or two turkeys? The, the elders, the missionaries found a turkey for me and we had to cut it into pieces to get it into the oven because the oven was so small. And then we had to take half of the turkey a half a mile away. We had to walk up the road and put it in the oven of a person who belonged to the congregation there and then carry it back to the church because there was only one tiny oven there. So, um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, just get creative. Making things ahead is really super helpful. And then using crock pot or an instant pot to heat up is those are such great tools for, you know, um, pieces of equipment for, um, yeah. for pulling a dinner like this off with one little oven. So this is a question I have for you. What what have you learned over the years as far as being able to really enjoy Thanksgiving versus like being stressed out? Like what makes a difference for you to really, truly enjoy that day? Well, I think it, you, you have to take a deep breath and just remember, you know, what it's all about. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, to really enjoy the day, I, for me, it's just, it brings me so much joy to make, you know, to make a meal for other people, to really see them enjoy it, to have people I love around me. And so that just brings me so much joy. And so, um, I really think that in order to, to be able to really enjoy that meal with the people that I love, one of the things I really try to do that we've talked about a lot is, is just trying to to be prepared. And it's like anything else. If you're prepared, it takes, and and you're early, like if you're early to an event, right, it takes so much of the stress Mm -hmm. out of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late. Am I going to get a seat? Am I going to be there on time? Am I going to, you know, if you're early, it's like, if you're early to Thanksgiving, you're meaning if you're prepared and you do as much as you can ahead of time, it's going to take a lot of the stress out of Thanksgiving and you're going to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I love that advice. And I will be taking that and all of these other amazing, amazing tips. I'm so glad that we recorded this because, um, I just think it will be helpful to so many people. I would have had this conversation anyway with you. So, Um, hopefully this is going to help a lot of people. So I have to ask you my last question. If there's one message that you want the cook who's about to host their first Thanksgiving dinner to remember, what do you want that message to be? Oh gosh. Well, I think, you know, we didn't talk about this, but from the time I was a really young girl, I loved Thanksgiving. I just loved it. And my birthday is always, you know, my birthday's the 25th. So it's always right around Thanksgiving. And that may have been early on why I loved Thanksgiving, because a lot of times my birthday would fall on Thanksgiving and my mom and dad would cook the dinner together. And it just was always such a great time in our home. And um, so I just really grew up loving Thanksgiving. And I think that I had those feelings because my parents created a really great environment in our home during Thanksgiving. And I think sometimes it's really easy to get carried away and, and forget what Thanksgiving is all about. And 
I just, Mm -hmm. I love that it's a holiday that's centered around gratitude and family and food and tradition. And so I think that, you know, just give yourself a break. Don't, don't try to do too much. Just pick those few things. Um, if this is your first time, just pick a few things. Um, if it's one thing, if you feel like I can only handle the turkey, then fine, just handle the turkey, you know. Um, but just remember that this is you're creating a tradition and you don't want you don't want that memory with your family to be stress. You want it to be a, like I had growing up. You want it to be centered around your family and gathering and and just creating memories and um Mm -hmm. so I you know that's and for me good food just goes along with all of that and so I think that just remembering that you know why we celebrate this holiday and that it's just um it's just such a great time to to really reflect on all that we have to be grateful for. And, and um, I think Thanksgiving is just, I think for me, that's why it's just such a wonderful time of the year. Yeah, I love that so much, Mom. And um, thank you for taking the time to answer all my questions and give us all of this amazing advice. Where can people find the guide and find you and follow along with your mission journey and all of this um you can find me on bountiful kitchen on bountifulkitchen.com bountiful kitchen on instagram and the post is i believe it's how to host thanksgiving dinner okay and we'll we'll link that in our show notes and then um i'll also be doing you know instagram on, you know, sending people to your post too over on Instagram today. So anyway, thanks again, mom. I love you. You're welcome. I love you too. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.